Hi, this is Recovered <laughs> AF Too Podcast. early to start again. Fuck my life. <laughs> Hi, this is Recovered. Too early. <laughs> Fuck. Go is ahead. It, is it now? Is now the time? Sure. This is a podcast. It's called Recovered <laughs> AF. <laughs> this is going to... We don't... We don't do any editing either, Jeff, so... Okay. Makes it more authentic. These there poor fuckers listening are stuck with this. I figured that out when listening to them. <laughs> yeah. <in> the <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You're one of the poor fuckers listening. <laughs> yeah. I think my, when my sister gave us a review, she very kindly put us as lo-fi. Like, <laughs> that means they're fucking terrible, I think. Anyway, it's a podcast it's called Recovered AF. AF stands for as fuck. We've recovered. And that's what we are going to talk about today, I think. I don't know. We might talk about other stuff. So it's important to know that we're not affiliated with shit, right, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to do the affiliation? You just did it. Uh, Basically, what Aaron's trying to say and just stole the my thunder is, uh, <laughs> we are. It's we gonna are be a long affiliated. hour. Fuck! I hate you. We're not affiliated with any twelve-step organization. Those organizations don't have spokespeople or representatives. Um, Aaron, myself, and our guests. Do not represent them, just like Aaron likes to say. We don't represent grocery stores we shop at, or <laughs> gyms we go to, or whatever other terrible analogy he's going to use. So, <laughs> basically, we're just sharing our own experience. Some of that overlaps with twelve-step stuff. That doesn't mean that we're doing it correctly, or that other people are doing it correctly or wrong. This is just what we've done. So today we have a guest who Aaron and I both know very well, and I'm going to let Aaron introduce Jeff and. Um, Go but, ahead, but introduce not th- Jeff. But not that Jeff. <laughs> I no, know. we've had a Jeff. Yeah. Not our mutual friend. Not our mutual friend and the world traveler. This is our mutual friend, Jeff, though. <laughs> also a mutual friend, also named Jeff. That's correct. When when I got um, sober, like, um, I had to, we, there were so many Jeffs at the time, I had gave him numbers, and this was Jeff number one. Our mutual friend was Jeff number two, and then we had a couple other tall guys. So uh, this is Jeff number one, even though... He's second on the podcast. And why was he Jeff number one? Because you met him first? Yep. All right. And I think I already knew I already knew Jeff. We already knew each other. We used to play softball against each other. Oh, all right. Back when he was still a sportsman. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Back. Jeff, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. Thank yeah. you. Thanks I'm glad to get me. you on. We've yeah. been you've been on our list for since we started this thing, but we don't like to spoil guests in Cheyenne until yeah, no worries. We no don't worries. have guests elsewhere. Thanks, thanks so. for having me. Absolutely. Um, typically, where we start this thing, as I'm sure you're somewhat familiar, is your original intro. What, you don't like that? No, I was going to say he's <laughs> not familiar. He's like, who the fuck are you guys? No. <laughs> well, he already said he listened. Oh, so, yeah. damn it. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> so uh, we usually start with your original intro to the 12-step world and what kind of led up to you being introduced to a 12-step organization well what led up let led up to me being introduced well uh, the the first time was 1993 it was in uh, early july of 1993 and uh, i just put my truck into a pole outside my house and it was father's day my first father's day my kid was six months old and i put my uh, uh, truck into a pole and they locked me up. Well, they didn't lock me up. Yeah, they did lock me up in a <clears throat> in the nut hut for about a couple of days, and um, got out. Uh, went to one AA meeting, and it was the old anchor club on where was it? It was on the old truck route. 
This is before my time. This is way before <laughs> your time. Were you even born yet, I was going to say, were you even born yet? Yep. I <laughs> was, uh, you said 93? Yeah. I was four. Nice. Yep. Anyway. I was probably still an alcoholic at that point, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was. Yeah. Um, so I went to a meeting, and, and I didn't pay attention to anything that was going on. And uh, I left that meeting, and I remember my wife at the time picking me up, and um, she had my kid with me, or with her, and went home, and I said, I, you know, I could do this with, with your help. And it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever said, or ever heard, and I said it. Um, I didn't go to another Alcoholics Anonymous meeting for seven more years. And uh, what led up to that meeting was um, divorce, um, uh, just living restless, irritable, and discontented, you know, sorry. And what I remember about that is um, I walked into the meeting, and it was a week after my, my last drink, and uh, um, I, I, I actually listened to what was going on, and I started going to more and more meetings, and, and uh, my life changed. Now, it doesn't mean I did it right. It's just, that's just how it, that's how, how it got there. And uh, I haven't left, so... And that was October 24th was my first meeting, October 24th of the year 2000. The last drink was October 17th or 16th of 2000. So that's uh, pretty much how I got there. Um, I knew a lot of people in Alcoholics Anonymous. I uh, didn't know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I knew that I thought it was just a bunch of old guys standing around talking about drinking and how they were really not good at drinking. And uh, depends on the meetings you go to. Sometimes that happens. So, but the people that I surrounded myself with then early talked to me about the program, and that it was a spiritual malady that I had to, excuse me, have a spiritual solution for that. And and then uh, so I haven't left. So one of the things um, you said was that you had told your wife that you don't need all of those meetings that you can do that you know with her her help and that makes sense to me because I'm pretty sure that's what I tried to like mm -hmm. I thought when I got married that was going to slow me down because I was like okay I gotta step up man I'm married now I can't get away with these and it, it turns out I was wrong um you know and it was hard for my wife because she loved me so much and uh did everything she could to help me but you know our Literature talks about, you know, we had to find a power greater than ourselves. It couldn't be a human power. Um, what all, so during those seven years between your first one and your second one where you stayed, were you trying to control your drinking? Were you trying to stop and moderate? Like, what was, like, were you, like, doing everything you can during those seven years? Or was it like, you know what, I was just going through a rough time. I don't really need, I'm good. Like, things are okay. Well, I remember... Um you know, shortly after that first meeting, actually, and it was, uh, I think I had 90 days. And I remember being at Brimmer Park, and there was a gentleman there with a, with a Zima in a Coke cup. <laughs> <laughs> there was a gentleman? Well, no, but <laughs> I'm calling him a gentleman. I'm being nice. And, um, and it, was, it was clear. So it's like, how can a clear liquid be that big of an issue? And I took a drink, and within, I was, actually was talking about, to my wife about this today as well, that you know, three days later, I'm coming home at four o'clock in the morning after drinking whiskey all night. And it's just, uh, so, and I didn't know what I was up against. And as far as trying to control it, um, 
honestly, maybe a couple times, and you know, after I got divorced, I tried to control it. I tried to stop um, without Alcoholics Anonymous, and I was it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. And the only thing I could do was, you know, I remember at a cribbage tournament at Two Bar, and I'm shaking like a leaf. I'm drinking coffee, and I'm shaking like a leaf because I'm in a bar, and I didn't know what was going on with that, and. Um, you know, within months I was drinking again. And so it, I tried to control it a couple times and, and I thought, well, I've got the power to do it. Nobody else has the power to do it but me. And, um, obviously I was wrong with that. And then, uh, yeah. So a couple times I tried, but mis- failed miserably. Mm. Now, what was the tipping point into taking the steps? Cause I, I've heard your story a couple of times and there was a period of time that you were attending meetings and kind of hanging around 12-step programs but then kind of dove all the way in what was it just more untreated alcoholism that eventually caught up to you or that's exactly what it was and you know when I first got here when I first got to the to Alcoholics Anonymous I remember um, um, looking inside of myself and finding out what this is all about and excuse me and kind of half-assing the steps and it, it worked enough. I mean, I can't say that it worked all the way. Obviously, it did not because I was miserable. Within five years, I was miserable. And uh, I was in a situation that was, wasn't real good. And, um, <clears throat> and it wasn't just that person's fault. It wasn't my, it was pretty much me. And, you know, what happened was that five years sober, I remember going back to Massachusetts. My grandfather had just passed away. And I went back there and I went to meetings. Went to a couple of meetings while I was there and it was like, wow, um, maybe I should start really kind of really paying attention to what the hell's going on. And, you know, those, those five years in there was, there was a, uh, you know, I'd come every three months or so and say, hey, everybody, I'm still here. I'm still sober. I'm still okay. And all sort of good stuff. And inside, I'm just miserable. And then, uh, between the five and seven year mark, I, uh, you know, I thought, well, I better start doing something. And um, so looking deeper inside of myself again and really kind of diving into what, what I needed to do, trust God, clean house, help others, um, things started to change. And I made some very difficult decisions while there, but uh, in that time period, but it, it did work out. And, um, because God was there. I, I really trusted God at that time. And, and I tried to clean, I cleaned my house to the best of my ability. Sometimes my ability is not very good. I say that all the time. And, um, and what happened was things started to change. And now I have, uh, you know, I have a way of life today that's absolutely, it's unbelievable. I don't, I can sleep at night. I can, I can walk the earth a free man. Um, and that's all a part of trying to do this to the best of my ability on a daily basis. It's not once every three months ch- just kind of checking in. It's one of those things I have to do every day. So, you know, I'm 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 grateful for that kind of kind of stuff today. Absolutely. One of the things I want to ask you about is because I'm a little bit jealous of the um, enjoyment that you get out of attending meetings or seeming, I don't know, 
But um, you know, you go to, you go to a lot of meetings. Uh, I see there a lot, and you're and you're very comfortable there, and it seems to be um, something that you genuinely enjoy doing. And um, I I just uh, I wish it was like that. You know, like I wish that I I just looked forward to going. <laughs> I mean, it's probably terrible to say. Um, you know, but I don't, but I see that in you, you know, and like one of the things that, um, Kyle's sponsor tells him is like, we're the sum of all of our parts, you know? So thankfully there's not just a bunch of me's out there that f never go, or there would never be anybody there yeah, when, the, be yeah, well, yeah, when the, when the new person <laughs> showed up, I mean, fortunately, like we have you there who's very good at welcoming the new person. It's one of your strengths. I was just wanted to ask you has that ever waned or has that just been something that's just been enjoyable from the beginning because like Courtney talked about it she fell in love with the meetings from the very beginning and she would go and she would drink and love the meetings and I was just like that's <laughs> awesome um, but that just hasn't been my experience so like talk about that well my experience with that is that you know the first few years of course I was telling you I was every three months I'd go to a meeting and um you know, does it wane? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I make two week, I make two meetings a week religiously, if you will, and that's my home group. Um, and, uh, you know, I might sprinkle another meeting here, another meeting there in there, but not very often. But I remember when I, you know, that one through seven, eight years, um, I remember sitting at the, at the anchor club and, and sitting there and, it's 8.30. We're supposed to have a meeting at 8. It was just me and my sponsor. And we're standing there, and I'm just like, dude, let's just leave. Let's go get something to eat. and Or go get something to, you know, let's go get a cup of coffee or something. And he's like, no, we're going to stay right here in case somebody walks through that door. And that, that really struck a chord with me. And it's like one of those things that, um, and I always looked at him, and he always went to meetings, mm. you know. And it's like, okay, well, he's showing me how to do this. Um... And at the same time, when he did say that, it did make sense to me. But it, it, it also is, the meetings aren't going to keep me sober. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I go to meetings because, um, you know, I go to meetings twice a week. You know, I meet with, with a guy. I meet with somebody on <clears throat> Mondays, uh, Saturday, Sunday. I meet with people and different things like that. So, and I go to meetings to take something to the meeting, not to take it, don't take from it, you know, because somebody might hear something. I used to religiously make a another meeting in town, and uh, I haven't done that in a long time, which is okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things. There's been some lifestyle changes in my life, and, and so that's one of them, that I do something different at lunchtime now. So, <coughs> like I said, it's not that I'm doing it to stay sober. I'm doing it because I need to take something to a meeting because maybe somebody will hear something. Mm. Now, uh, and if they don't, they don't. If they do, they do. Um, so has it waned? Absolutely. Does, is it a pain <laughs> sometimes? Yeah. Do I really want to go there every Tuesday and Thursday and do this stuff? No. There's sometimes I have to, you know, I, it's like I really want to go home, take my shoes off, have some dinner, hang out with my wife, do some things like that. But it's one of those things, too. I made a commitment to that home group, so that's what I'm doing. And you know, when I was drinking and I was out there doing those things, I, I made a commitment to my first wife. And where did that commitment go? Mm. It, it just disappeared. And, um, 
you know, and, and that was my fault, obviously. And so it's one of those things that I've learned and I have to do some commitments. You know, if I have a commitment, I got to do it. If I can't do it, make sure somebody else is there to do it for me. So, and that's one thing. Yeah. What kind of leading into that is what I have found with you, and we've been around each other now since I got sober. You're one of the first people I remember meeting when I got sober and stuff. And you have continued to work with people, have success working with people, and are, um, trying to think of a tactful way you can you are very openly okay with working with the newcomer still like you 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 know you're one of the few guys that has quite a bit of sobriety that'll still make that treatment center meeting and stuff mm -hmm. you know like is that the same thing it's just like you have you have a commitment to aa or because like you just you know that's one thing that i've always really pulled off of you is like uh you see a lot of guys around my sobriety range mm -hmm. continuing to try to meet with new new people, but you're a rarity, at least here, where you're really still putting yourself out there on the firing lines. What is that? Was that taught to you? Is that just like, you know, that's the only thing you've ever known? or It, it, it was taught to me, um, and it was also one of those things that, you know, if I'm not helping others, then... Am I really doing the deal? Mm -hmm. Whether I got 20, you know, 20 years or 20, 20 months or whatever the case may be. Um, and my sponsor did say, in case, in case somebody walks through that door, we've got to be ready to be able to help them. Mm -hmm. And, well, not necessarily, but at least share a message with them. Now, they may ask us to sponsor them. They may not. And, it, it, and that's not really, you know, I'm just, my experience it's all I can do. That's the only thing I'm qualified to do. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of guys that uh, have my time or more that will still do that as well. And But I really think it's awesome that somebody with, what do you got, five years now? Four. Yeah, yeah four and, then, and then Aaron, you guys put it out there. It's like, and it's one of those things that I'm sitting here looking at you guys going, I got to do the same thing you guys are doing, hmm. you know? And so it's not a competition or anything else like that, but it's one of those things that if I'm telling somebody they got to, you know, you got to sponsor somebody and I'm not sponsoring somebody, then there's something wrong with that. Right. Yeah. So, um, am I the great, greatest sponsor on earth? Hell no. Uh, never claimed to be, never have been, never will be. Um, I just want to share my message, share the message that was taught to me and, you know, whether it was taught right or wrong, doesn't matter. I just know that Trust God, clean the house up others, you know, and if I continue to do that as well. And see, when I sponsor somebody, and I'm sitting across from somebody in, their, in my basement, <clears throat> I'm sitting there, and they're sponsoring me too. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. Mm -hmm. I thought about that a lot in the last few days, because I knew you guys would ask. <laughs> you know, but I, they sponsor me too, because I, I, you know, I'm doing this right along with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fun. And no, I have to. Mm-hmm. It's a responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we um, we talk about a lot of the um, I don't know the, the times when things are really clicking in our lives and all the fullness and and, and shit we get to experience doing this. Um, you know, but one thing uh, 
that sometimes we tend to gloss over and, and maybe we have a lot of our guests haven't been around as long as you. And, and uh, so you've had to experience uh, a lot of adversity, right? In sobriety uh, and, and keep on trucking with that. And you talked about, you know, that five to seven year mark, you know, being in a relationship that was um, probably unhealthy for the both of you. And then just, uh, and then just a couple of years ago, you had a, a sudden heart attack and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like how these things and these spiritual principled living like applied in when you faced adversity, not just the, you know, coasting times. Mm-hmm. When it came to adversity, you know, the, like you said, the relationship and different things like that years ago, um, uh, I did not handle it correctly i did not handle it well Uh you know i mean i was in untreated alcoholism i was still selfish i was still self-centered i was still i still had a ton of fear i still had all those things i just didn't know it um i think deep down inside inside i knew it but i didn't and what i did is i do but i knew where to go and i knew what to do i knew i needed to talk to somebody about it and I, and i knew i needed to do something and i did you know i trusted the program I trusted God cleaned the house and helped others to the best of my ability and and what happened with that is you know yeah there was a lot of pain but I look back at it now and it's like wow I went through that without having to take a drink mm. and obviously I did some things ba- wrong and obviously living this life um, has been able to get me on the other side of it and be okay mm. you know I have a problem here I don't like to look at it but then when I look at it and I get on the other side of it it's like wow it wasn't that big a deal um, well, it was a big deal, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, God took care of it. And I look back at it and see it as God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. I wasn't applying these principles in, to the best of my ability at that particular time, and what it taught me was I need to. I need to do this all the time, sorry. And so, you know, that's, that's what it taught me. And it was, was it adverse? Yeah. Was it horrible? Yeah. Was it really that bad? No. You know, I lived through it, and I didn't, you know, I mean, I had to make amends to my son because I wasn't the dad that he deserved. I wasn't the dad that he should have had. Um, I had to make an amends to her for being who I am. You know, and it, it taught me those things, you know, and it's an amazing thing. So the adverse things, you know, yeah. Have I gone through, you know... <laughs> Have I gone through people dying? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Everybody does. Um, two years ago, I have a heart attack. You know, the worst thing, I th- thing I'm worried about is losing my job. I'm not lo- worried about dying. I'm about thinking about losing my job. And, you know, that taught me an awful lot of stuff, too. And, you know, my wife often looks at me and she says, you know, I can't believe how calm you were this whole time. And I'm thinking, well, you know, God had me no matter what. And I was okay with whatever God wanted me to do or what he wanted to do, I should say. And, um, you know, I came through that, and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, last few months, I haven't been okay with that, as far as, <laughs> you know, because my mind will cook up a lot of crap, and my mind has cooked up a lot of crap in my mind. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, I'm going to die anytime. Anytime something burps, I just, what's going on with that? And it's one of those things that i got to write some stuff down, mm. you know, and i got to look into why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and why am I doing, you know, cause the facts are the feeling isn't going to die. Well, I was talking about feelings and facts. 
The fact is, every time I've been in the hospital and they've run a test, everything's been fine. <laughs> the feeling is I'm dying any time now. Mm. And, you know, inside there's a scared little boy, so I have fear. So what do I have to do about that? I have to write it down and find out why I have this fear. So I don't necessarily call it adversity. I call them blessings, you know, because mm -hmm. they truly are blessings today. They're not lessons. I don't believe that, for me, I don't believe that God gives us lessons or tests or anything like that. He gives us blessings, and we just have to see it that way and see the truth, mm -hmm. see the facts, and not the feelings, but the facts. And um, that seems to work out pretty well for me that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't been... There's been a lot of people that have gone through a lot more adversity than I have. I know that. I know that for a fact. And I'm no different than anybody else. I'm no better than or less than anybody else. It's just I just have these particular experiences, and I get on the other side of them. It's like, wasn't really that big a deal. It's okay. I'm okay. God, God, God not brought me through it. And it's his plan, not mine. So uh, what's, what's it been like for you? Because the home group that you're a member of I am too and um, what's it been like to kind of see that thing kind of blossom and you're an integral part of that you know you were there for the start of it you you and a couple others kind of made the group and then now it's kind of taken off what's that what's that like I mean is it did you think it would be like that is it you know I I just curious because like I have my perception of what what's going on and how cool it is but I'm always interested in what other people are thinking and and how it's kind of transforming with people that that you have sponsored and and now they're you know it's mm -hmm. just kind of like got a mind of its own, like it's just growing what's that like I think it's great yeah. <laughs> first of all right. um, I have to check my ego <laughs> <laughs> because um when we started the meeting, it was like, it was three of us at a house and, and it was great. I mean, we had a, we had good, we had a good meeting. It would only last 20 minutes, but it was fun, you know, and it was good. And then when the guy sold that house, we moved over to the library and I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything like that. I'm sorry. Right. Um, and from there it kind of, it just, it's just grown. Um, I think there's a lot of different reasons why it's grown. I think number one is um, the message that we get. You know, we, we take topics out of the big book. Mm -hmm. You know, we we share about our experience with that with that topic, and you know, we it's grown to where um, people that I've sponsored, people that you've sponsored, are becoming our home group members. People you've come to it, and different things like that, and. Um, and I think that's why. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things, it's a healthy meeting. Um, our perception of the 12 steps and the trust God, clean house, help others is a very integral part of that meeting. Um, not saying that other meetings do it wrong, I'm just saying that our message is a, is a good, clean message, and it is a, me a message of hope. We've had a lot of newcomers come in, and... Um, they come in and, and see this meeting. It's like, wow, okay, let's try this. And, and they succeed. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a common, I think what it is, is <laughs> see, where I, where I say I got to check my ego too is we were at Brian's house one time and 
during the, the table thing and, you know, some people that came in that I respect, Aaron, Kyle, um, Ryan, and Brian, and everybody else, and they're sitting there saying, I can't believe we have a meeting like this here. I was like, well, so I got to check my ego with that. It's like, holy cow, you know, why is this meeting here? This meeting is here to, it's not just meeting, it's not this meeting, it's God's meeting, number one. Uh, number two, these people are coming in and they're, and they're doing the deal and they're working the program. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with sponsorship. We ask about sponsors. You know, hey, are you willing to sponsor people? You know, the newcomers will see somebody who's willing to sponsor them. Um, we have a healthy group. We, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I'll look at it like, okay, does Bad Wolf, I talked about this last weekend with, with a couple gentlemen. It's like, does Bad Wolf have an ego? And yeah, it's funny. And but the thing about it is, it's like, okay, wait a minute. What am I asking? Does Bad Wolf have an ego, or does Jeff have an ego? And I don't know. I this group is it, it's it's very special to me because when I went to the Anchor Club years ago, people were talking about the message. People were talking about what they did, their experience on how they got better. And you know, there's other meetings in town. There's a Saturday morning meeting that I, I'd go to, I went to religiously, and same thing. And so I'm like, okay, I want to pattern that, this meeting. And it wasn't me, it was God and the people in the meeting. We'd have group consciousness about it, and this is what we want to do, and this is what we've done, and that's why it's grown. It's grown because of the substance of the meeting. Yeah. Not because of Jeff. <laughs> it's because of everybody... Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole has done that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about ego or anything else like that. Yeah. Hmm. What was it that drove you to want to start that meeting? I, um, I just asked because uh, it's easy to get comfortable where I'm at, and 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 um, some, and things are okay. And when things are okay, then I'm okay. And it's just easy to be okay with the things they are. And then um, I get caught up in that. And lose sight of, um, you know, what could be, you know, I think our friend Gus likes to say that good is the enemy of best. And Mm. um, so what was it that drove you to want to start a different meeting, a new meeting? Well, there was a gentleman that um, (laughs) he came up to me and he says, well, you know, Jeff, 530s, they don't have a downtown meeting. Mm. There's no downtown meetings in Cheyenne at 530. And I said, well. And he would you I don't know why he would say that. I, I do, but I'm not gonna mention it here. Yeah. Um and it was one of those things that's like, okay, let's do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay. And yeah. we just gotta find a place to do it. And he says, Well, I have a house down here that I'm that I rented out and I'm getting ready to sell it until we find something else, we can meet there. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So uh Tuesday nights, five thirty. He and I were the first ones at the meeting. The reason it's called Bad Wolf is because on the mudroom window, there's, it said Bad Wolf on it. It's like, well, that's our group name. Mm-hmm. And then we started. Um, it was one of those things, and he, he saw a need. I'm thinking, well, okay, let's try it. And it grew. And then once it grew, we, we also went Tuesday nights as well. And, you know, Tuesday nights and Thursday nights, I should say. And then... Uh, you know, so what started it, somebody said, we have a need. 
Simple. Yeah. And I love it. so that's what we did. <laughs> that makes sense. And there's a pretty some, good reason. Right. Like, I'm always thinking it's going to be this because I'm so fucking grandiose. It's going to be this huge thing. It's like, <laughs> I think we could use this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Simple enough. But I mean, in all reality, that's how the meeting that you started yeah. came from too was yeah. like there's a need that yes. you felt could be filled. Yeah. And that as much as we can put on other other outside stuff really that was kind of the core of it was yeah. like mm-hmm. there's a need that needs filled and yeah. addicts who want to use the big book there's a place for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's a really big place for that and yeah. so yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So um one thing you, we always ask our guests what we, uh, what they like to do, you know, like it's not just all meetings and all of this. And I know that you, uh, you get a lot of joy out of grandkids and all of that stuff. What, what's, um, what's life like today? Almost 20 years or is it 20 years? Almost 20, almost, yeah. almost 20 mm. years sober. I mean, you, you have grandkids that haven't ever seen you drink. You've got, you know, a wife, like what's life like for you now? <laughs> um, and I'll try not to get you too teary. Yeah, thanks, Ron. That's what happened. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Um, <laughs> yeah, people say I'm, you know, if they cry, and it's it's gratitude, and it's what it is for me. Um, my life today is is, <laughs> you know, I sleep at night. Um, I have six grandchildren who never see me take a drink. You know. Um, one of them, unfortunately, lives in Gillette. I don't get to see him as much as I'd like. Um, uh, when was it? Thursday night. Um, <laughs> my wife and her daughters, well, they're my daughters too. They're not blood, but they're my daughters. They're my girls. Um, and my son and his wife, uh, they came over to the house. It was two years to the day that I had a heart attack. My family's weird. You know, <laughs> but um, so I got f- my five grandsons there, and my wife and my girls and my son and 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 his wife and we're all sitting there and they bought a cake and you know I'm amazed at the fact that people actually like the fact that I come home. My wife smiles at me when I come home. God only knows why. Well, she is a pretty amazing lady. Let's just get that out there. But she's absolutely amazing. She's well, she's something special for sure. Oh, you got that right. Um, <laughs> in fact, she was doing some stuff for her. She's a teacher, and she was doing some stuff, and she had this poster board, and she's gluing stuff on it, and she had this spray glue. My wife gets and it's like she starts, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is so." I just got out of the shower, and I come out, and it's like, "Oh my god, this stuff is so awesome." And I said, "Now I know why you like me because you just." <laughs> doesn't take much for you to get excited. <laughs> it explains everything. There you go. Yeah. And um, no, Sorry I interrupted you. So you guys were all over there. Yeah. And it was just amazing. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing. Um, I get to, you know, when we're done here, my wife and I are going to do some stuff out at the, out of the, at the county fairgrounds and just do stuff, man. It's like I'm older. I don't get to do as much as I used to, you know, like, softball and different things like that but my wife and I lead a very full life we do a lot of stuff together um she's just amazing and this is the stuff I get to I have a relationship with my mother today you know um I have a relationship with my with family 
Um, and I get to be available and capable. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's hard. And, but this way of life has afforded me a lot of different things. You know, it's afforded me the fact that I can, you know, I can go to a bad wolf Thursday night and I come home and I have cake and I go to bed and, um, you know, this weekend we get to go do things and whatever the case may be. Shit, grocery shopping is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I love grocery shopping. I don't know why. I like I it too. Not, Kyle's a, Kyle can't be around people, so he doesn't go. No, yeah. I don't, but... He's a freak. But it's something I do with my wife. Yeah. Do you still go... I know you were going for like spring training, like season down in Arizona or something. Do yeah. you do that still? I know you were, you're a big baseball fan. Yeah, so. yeah. I love baseball. Um, I don't. Uh, I would go down there with my mom would summer or would winter down there and they don't do that anymore. But, gotcha. um, but yeah, we'd go and we'd, <laughs> we'd just have fun. You took the boy, you took your son down, right? That, yeah. that sounds like. That, I don't know. That's like a pretty good vacation. That's, Father, son, spring yeah. training. Yeah, that's stuff he's never going to forget. Not, neither will I. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and um, and I go back to my grandfather, too. You know, when he passed away in 2005, I remember being at his wake. And it wasn't about me. You know, it wasn't about me. And no matter what, we were always 2,000 miles apart. No matter what, if I... It's about the Red Sox. Sorry. Fuck them. Fuck so you. So hard. Fuck you. Anyway. Fuck them so hard. Yeah, I know, right? Anyhow, um, no matter what happened in our lives, we always had something to talk about. Mm-hmm. No matter what. No matter how far apart we were, we always had something to talk about. And I feel that way, same way about my, with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always have something to talk about. We, we would go down and do spring break and, and spring training and all sorts of good stuff. And he'd have, a, he'd have a ball and it would be fun. And I'd have a ball and it was like, wow, this is really pretty cool. Uh, I don't do that anymore, but, you know, I'm getting old. <laughs> so I can't do as much as You're I used to. as fuck, bud. I am. That's awesome. But it's fun. It's great. Absolutely. It's a life worth living. <laughs> there, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you were looking for? I was for? waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you dogs. <laughs> what else you got, Marty? Um, I can't think of anything. No. We're, we're getting closer. What? Mm, we got a little bit of time still. Oh, we do. Yeah. Your face has a little bit of time, bud. Good one. Thanks. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to. Um, I I do have a, I have a question. Go for it. Um, so he had mentioned on one of our other podcasts that we were doing, we were talking about like meetings and, you know, and like mm-hmm. what, what, what are, we felt individually that our roles were at the meetings. And he had said that, um, you know, that he had was, uh, at his home group and, and one of the members, um, had talked to somebody after the meeting cause they were during the meeting, they were, uh, all over the place or off topic and, and, and somebody in his home group had pulled him aside after the meeting and um said hey you know this is sort of how we do things here and this is how things you know and just very gently and and lovingly let him know a little bit about how it goes and then after the podcast he you know disclosed to me that that was you and he was just you know blown away by your willingness and ability to do those things and and i don't have that i just sit there awkwardly and punch my knuckles (laughs) and figure out like why can't this guy figure it out that that's not what we're doing at this meeting Mm -hmm. and uh like, how does that happen? Like, how do you just approach somebody and gently and lovingly, you know, push them in the right direction about what is acceptable and, and, and what is not okay, you know, at your home group? 
And the j- backstory, this gentleman was talking about a different way of finding a solution that involved like um, gut biome and do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And and I, I was losing my shit internally, just like, oh my fucking god, here we go. <laughs> and then after the meeting, I was like, someone needs to just get this motherfucker in line. And I was all hopped up. And then I watched you, like he said, just like nicely talk to this guy and gracefully kind of explain, hey, this is what we do, you know. And I told Aaron afterwards, I didn't want to out you on the podcast till you were on yeah. it, but I was going to bring this up too, so we're on the same page. Um, yeah, that's a perfect question. Like, does that just come from years of experience, or is that just who you are as a person? I was just blown away. I was like, I'm. Ne- I don't know if I'll ever be that guy that can do that. <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah. I'm just going to punch my knuckles and hope yeah. it doesn't come back. Yeah, I was just blown away, and it just gave me such a really good positive. Not that I didn't have a positive perspective of you before, but I just was like, God, Jeff is such a good person and member of our, member of the. It was just amazing to watch. Well, remember, I told you the ego thing, so don't. Yeah. Um, when it comes to that, uh, you know, I'm I'm just like anybody else. I can be like punching my knuckles in the in the moment, mm-hmm. um, and I do remember that. And I, you know, and I remember after the meeting, uh, the gentleman actually came up to me and he was talking about it and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's awesome. Um, and this is a God thing. This is not me. And this is what people have taught me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to destroy somebody just because they have a different view. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's really hard for me to, not to do that. I want to. You know, my go-to is I want to destroy what you're thinking, yeah. and because I'm better than, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and at the same time, when I'm less than, I, then I get you know, same thing. yeah. And <clears throat> so he came up to me and asked me about it, and I says, you know, that's fantastic. I think it's awesome. This is what we do here. The, you know, this book right here is how we have, you know, and, 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 and my sponsor would say stuff like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous doesn't have the monopoly on recovery or getting sober or anything else like that, you know, and, and uh, through experience, too, I've also understood that I'm not always right and I'm not always wrong, you know, and if his thinking is this can help, whoops, this can help, um, my diet's going to help me quit drinking, okay, um, fine you know if you want to get it out to the world absolutely here probably isn't the right way to do it um because this is what we do you know um and through our group conscience this is how we how we do it and i'm not saying you're wrong or anything else like that but there may be a different avenue that you can take and and it's just been through through experience and through people teaching me and me also seeing it um, I don't want to discourage this man from going to Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, um, he hasn't been back since, right. to our meeting at least. Yeah. Um, and and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was there, the biggest thing. That's okay. There are other places in town where you can promote any message you want. <laughs> and and actually, that's what I kind of told him right. too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, well, there's a place here that can. You know, you might want to ask him about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good learning lesson for me because I I tend to um, it's easy to to think that stuff yeah but to see it unfold in real time where yeah. I am not anywhere close to that you know I was like I 
if this guy came and talked to me, I'm going to be like, dude, you're fucked up. Like, you're wrong, man. I, yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. So it was, uh, and I like to think like, oh, I would be able to do it. But like in the moment, very real life moment, yeah. I was not there. And to watch you be there and to do it, I was just like, there's, you know, I was just in, in awe of your ability to do that. And I, that's what I told Aaron was, I was just like, it was really a, a good thing for me to see. Cause yeah. a, it, like you said, like it, who am I, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, uh, I needed to be humbled in that moment and to watch you do that with such grace. I was like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm nowhere near there. Right. (laughs) And so it was cool to see, you know, now if you remember afterwards, you said something to me and I'm like, God, can you believe that shit? Right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) because I went up to you and I was like, dude, you did that so much better than I would have. And you were like, "Ah, you know, it's tough sometimes. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it It is. I was really, uh, I mean, I I was moved to tell you in the moment, like yeah. that was you did that so much better than me. Cause well, and it's, it's one of those things like a cheeseburger, really. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking inside. Right. And but what came out was not me; mm-hmm. it was God. Yeah, it was really a cool experience for yeah. me to witness. Cause I tend to want to rally the troops and be like, "All right." Let's all gang on this guy so yeah. he sees it straight. And, and what's that going to prove? Exactly. What's that going to do? Yeah, exactly. You know, Push him not, away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And do I want the guy to come back to Alcoholics Anonymous and learn what I've learned? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can't control whether he does or not. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one thing um, on this podcast because we're not affiliated mm-hmm. with anything. And uh, when we have people, you know, we had, we had a, 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 another uh, group that are... I don't know if they're opposed to the 12 steps, but they definitely don't believe in the 12 step approach. And so it's one thing to have them on or, you know, when we're having somebody that's talking about outside issues on that are, um, you know, like, you know, our trauma therapy, you know, it's one thing in this setting when we're not affiliated with anything and we're willing to talk about anything and everything, you know, openly to do that. But, uh, inside my home group, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, yeah. you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Not, this is not the place. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And I just sit there and get hot and sweaty <laughs> and uncomfortable. Yeah. Try a timer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works wonders for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, is there anything else that you want to kick out before we wrap up? Anything? I don't know. Do you have any other questions? No, I, I don't I think feel I feel like we've covered a punch. Yeah. I, I, just thanks. Um, Thank you. You know, thanks for doing the, the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I've listened to quite a few of them. Um, and I haven't listened to them all. I don't know why, but I probably won't listen to this one. Yeah. I told my wife that. <laughs> I'm not listening to this. And, um, but I think it's good. I think it's good to get it out there that, uh, you know, this is our experience. And I think it's an amazing thing. Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feeling better, it's not really that bad. It seems worse in the moment, at least <laughs> when I'm recording it. Um, and talking about myself yeah. then like when we did the first one Kyle listened to it and he's like hey man it's really not that bad <laughs> I was like I'll never listen to it ever and I don't want to do this anymore and yeah. then I listened to it and I was like alright we can do another one Yeah, and well, so you, it'll be alright okay and you know the thing is you guys are getting something out there Absolutely. I mean whether you're affiliated or not mm-hmm. um, it might plant a seed for somebody who right. listens to it to, to maybe come to Bad Wolf Tuesday nights, 530, yeah. Tuesday and Thursday nights, 530, either Sunflower, Windflower Room at the Larry McKenna Library. Right. Little plug, but no, I'm sorry. That was horrible. Um, but, you know, yeah, it might 
plant a seed that somebody wants to do something. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll plant a seed that Kyle's a goddamn idiot is what he'll plant a seed. Yeah, but we love him. Like He's that. Kansas I'd Kyle. See, I'd say Kansas Kyle. That was how you uh, you introduced me. The first time I ever yeah. met you, I was wearing a Kansas hat yeah. at a meeting, and I had just gotten out of rehab, and it was a call-on meeting. So each person that shared could then call on the next person, and I'm this new kid just sitting there. <laughs> Jeff goes, let's hear from Kansas. <laughs> like, I was like, me? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and there was like 40 people in there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but that I, was our first intro. So, nice. so yeah. So, well, thank you, Jeff. I thank really you. appreciate your time and coming thank on you. here. So, Recovered AF Podcast on Instagram, recoveredafpodcast at gmail.com. Nailed if you it. want to email us, nailed it. Fuck off. <laughs>